It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This, this is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds! Go Birds! Hey, hello! Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. And how about it? I mean, look, I know there were all kinds of questions going in about whether we wanted them to win or what's good or this or that. But when you come out and just own a team 44 to 6, uh, you know, here's what I got to do. First and foremost, the new 44 to 6. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, here's, here's what I'm going to do. Ready, Elliot? Because, you know, we are honest with the GoBirds listeners. And when we're wrong, we say we're wrong. And we hand up, buddy, because the Detroit Lions are a horrendous football team. You tried to tell me. You tried to warn me. You said, don't get caught in this trap. You know, we get so caught up in the minutia of the Eagles and how bad they are that we don't realize just how bad the Detroit Lions are. And, yes, the Eagles might be bad Elliot, they are not Detroit Lions bad, buddy. What a win. And, and hey, you know, to, it, the only thing I'll say in my defense is, is who knew that all of a sudden Nick Sirianni would start running the ball? Anyway, what a win, buddy. How are you? Yeah, so I got some, some like, real takeaways from this in terms of Sirianni. We'll get into all of it. But can I just start by saying, like, I'm just so happy that they embarrassed the Lions the way that they did. And we can finally put to bed this narrative that, like, the Lions are some like sneaky competitive team <laughs> that like, you know, they play so hard for Dan Campbell because he's a football guy and like they really respect him, blah, blah, blah. The Eagles absolutely annihilated the Lions. They played harder than the Lions did. They outclassed them. They outcoached them. They were more physical. Like in every single way, that team was better than the Lions. And there, and I think there's a legitimate discussion to be had, and I'm sure we will have it about like, was it a good thing they won, right? Because now 
the Dolphins pick is number two overall, and the Lions pick is number one, and you know the Eagles pick, all that stuff, and we'll get into it. But I think that what you did see today was like, at least it's not as bad as it is with the Lions. Like, the Lions are a complete disaster. Like, complete disaster. They've lost all their games. Dan Campbell is not a good head coach. Like, definitively not a good head coach. <laughs> they don't have a quarterback. They have basically no talent to speak of on the roster besides uh, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, who look decent, but like, whatever. You're not building around those guys. So, yes, things are bad for the Eagles. I said it on the after the Raiders game. They're a bad team. I was wrong about the fact that they, you know, are going to win 11 games, although still alive after today, <laughs> but whatever. But I think that if you're an Eagles fan, there yes, there's discussion to be had about in the long term if this is a good thing, but I would just my suggestion would be enjoy this one and just sit back and think that the team is not as bad as Detroit and things could be a lot lot worse. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And look, you know, I'm still not, you know, happy with where they're situated from a future perspective. Obviously, I'm not, you know, sold on Sirianni after today or sold on Hertz or whatever. But to your point, like, it definitely could be worse. <laughs> That's pretty clear. And also, look, it, it, all you can ask for in a game like this is, you know, it, it's not like the Eagles went in there and, and won, like, the Carolina game, right? You know, where where literally we all acted the next week like they lost. Like that was the conversation right. was was it the tenor of the conversation was that they lost not they won and they went in and whooped Detroit's ass and handled business and responded to criticism. Flower power, Elliot. Flower power. Parks. I told you I tweet it. Flower I told you I tweet it. Power. It is the as soon as they won, it was the name of this podcast. We didn't even have to do our normal text back and forth to come up with a title. It was set in stone. But also, it look, was let, written. It was written. And also, by the way, can we? I think we could uh, say for sure, uh, Halloween in Detroit way better than Thanksgiving in Detroit. You know, I think yes. that's a definitive statement we can make. But let's dive into it, Elliot. And obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get into more as the week goes on and what it means more from a. Big can I say picture. one more big picture thing, really? Quickly? Yeah, yeah, sure. And then we'll get into. To specific yeah. stuff. Go ahead. So if you look at the Eagles now, they're three and five. They've played three teams that definitely aren't going to the playoffs and five teams that are probably going to like Raiders and San Francisco are on the, uh, on the fence, but you know, they're, they're in that discussion, right? They've beat every team that they've played on their schedule. That isn't going to the playoffs, the Falcons, the uh, Panthers, and then today the Lions. So I think there's something to be said for that, right? If you look at their schedule moving forward, they got a lot of teams that aren't going to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win like eight of nine or whatever. Like I still think this is probably a six or seven win team if I had to guess right now. Mm -hmm. Now I hold the right to still be correct if they make the playoffs. But regardless, <laughs> I think that they probably, I don't think they're going to string together a long stretch of wins. But I do think it's important to note that when they've played the teams they're supposed to beat, they have beat them. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Look, and again, like we said, you know, going into the game on, on Gobert's radio yesterday was, you know, amazingly enough, this was the first game all season long the Eagles were favored going into, you know? So, I mean, that tells you alone how, uh, you know, they weren't expected to win the game in any situation. So, look, I, I look, we know how in Philadelphia we can get very um, myopic and in the moment and angry, but which is I, fun. Which is the best, and that's why we're so passionate. And we care so much, and that's why we're the best fans. And but, but, I, like, and and look, one game doesn't change my opinion, my criticisms that that I think are still fair about Nick Sirianni. Let's start with Sirianni. But look, today, and it's like it's almost one of those things where it's almost like too comical to 
to really take seriously that the fan base is losing their mind for seven straight weeks for this guy to just run the bleeping football. And then then he does it and they have four touchdowns on the ground over 200 yards like you know uh, Boston and without Miles Sanders without Kenny Gainwell really except at the end it was it was a freaking Boston Scott Jordan Howard and Jalen Hurts with some freaking beautiful runs but like like it's just Elliot like I don't know how to react to it in terms of Nick Sirianni because it's like you know again uh, earmuffs no shit you should have been running the ball. Like, I'm happy you yeah. did it, but 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 come on, man. So, like, but awesome to see him do it and change, and it works so well, and hopefully that buoys him doing it in the future. But what was your takeaway from Sirianni today, especially, look, in, in light of a, a rough week for the guy, you know, kind of stepping up and, and having a great day, but also doing what Eagles fans wanted him to do the whole time? Well, it's funny how, so in the postgame presser, He's like very nonchalant about it. He's like, well, you know, we're just going to do what, what we think is best for the team to win. <laughs> it's like, come on, bro. Like, you know, yeah, like, come on, buddy. Yeah. Come on. Get in on the joke a little bit. Right. Yeah. But I, I think it's kind of like, and this might be a bad analogy, but it's almost like if a kid keeps getting in trouble for at school for something like the same thing all the time. And then he stops doing it. Like, yeah, you don't want to like reward him. But ultimately he did stop doing it. Like Nick Sirianni. The, they the Eagles are have five losses and at least two of those are probably because like he just didn't run the ball enough and refused <laughs> to do it and those remain on his resume right like he was a bad kid in school those days like he he like that was indefensible behavior but he did at least stop right like if we're gonna you know when Jeffrey Lurie hired him he said we're excited about the coach you can become right and I've said it before and I'll say it again but like you were correct like during the offseason, you said multiple times there are going to be games Sirianni loses as he develops. And it was frustrating to watch at the time for sure. But the good news is, you know, it's starting to turn the right way. And yes, it, he doesn't deserve a huge round of applause for that. But at least it's turning the right way. Like he definitely self-scouted during that mini buy and said, we need to run the ball more. And he went out and they, they, you know, he did it, right? Like he came out against the Raiders and he was going to run the ball until Miles got hurt. And then he stuck with it for a little bit until it got completely out of control. And then obviously today, I mean, like at one point they had 15 runs to five passes. Like, you know, I mean, Hertz was, was like barely even playing quarterback, right? Like they, they were just like running the ball all day against them. So, uh, yeah, I, look, again, not throwing a, a round of applause from, not throwing a parade from. But it is a sign of development. It is. And I think that that's clearly a positive. Look, you, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if we're going to kill someone for, for something, you also have to give the credit when, when they turn that around, especially when it works yeah, spectacularly. Exactly. And again, granted, it's a really bad team. We want to see the Eagles be more competitive against good teams. And, and I think this Chargers game is a really interesting spot for that to see how they hang with this Chargers team that isn't a juggernaut or anything, but is a more talented team with a more established or at least more believed in quarterback and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I, I think that, that that's going to be an interesting spot. Obviously, we'll get to that as the week goes on. Um, and look again, I, I think Sirianni, you know, you got to give credit and let, and, and let's get to the other guy and we'll get to Hertz and some specific players and stuff. But, but I think you also have to, and again, a horrible Detroit lions offense, like just, just a horrendous team. You were so right about this. And Jared Goff looks as bad as Jared Goff has ever looked. And that is, you know, just saying something, but, but Jonathan Gannon comes in and, 
and starts blitzing a little bit and starts yep. putting a little pressure on the offense and doing some things. Credit there as well. What do you think of Gannon and, and the scheme from a defensive perspective today as well? After, again, another tough week for him coming in. Yeah, so again, I don't know if my like kid in school analogy is a good one, but I think it's applicable here as well with like, you know, the Lions are terrible. You mean like, you didn't have a second kid in school type analogy for us, Elliot? I'm so disappointed. No. Well, I'm I'm bad at analogies I'm and I was like at them. I was actually super impressed with your kid in school one because I don't think yeah. of analogies. There are people you know, everyone who's listening knows they know someone like this, and I'm sure there might be people who are listening who are like who are like this, who are just amazing at at you know busting out analogies for things in the moment at all times. Like my buddy Donnie is like just the best ever at it, and I'm always so mm. impressed at it because I can't do it, buddy. Yeah, I feel like it's to do it. You have to be like really quick on your feet, and I think I'm relatively quick on my feet, but I'm definitely not that quick on my and feet. And I also so, just think it's a way the brain works type of thing. I mean, yep, all our agreed. brains work differently, and some people just think in those terms more than I do. You know what I mean? Nothing like a 44 to six win to get you talking about hey, analogies. Buddy. And, you know how analogies are made in the post game yeah, pod. Buddy. But um, I'm smiling. No, I, I what a thought, Elliot! I'm smiling while recording a post game pod. I'm actually like happy to talk about this team for a day. Like what a what a, a crazy wild thought that is. Well, I'm sure when they lose their next game, you'll be saying this win was meaningless. So, you know, well, enjoy it. I mean, enjoy in the grand scheme can. of things, it might be. Who knows if things don't change, if it doesn't build, if blah, 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 whatever. But, like, look, for today, as we've talked about, whether or not – and, again, I always say, like, as much as we talked about – and we'll talk more about the, you know, whether it was good to win and whatever and all that stuff. I, I think it's still too early in the season to really feel like – too bad about it if they win like it's okay to still like kind of stay in a season but I think you know when when I always say when I'm watching the game I can't do anything but root for the Eagles no matter what like it's instinctual I just can't help it so I'm gonna be happy when they win no matter what no matter what my brain tells me might be better and you know again when they do it 44 to 6 like that and it's just a romping and a good old-fashioned like you know beating up the team in front of you and running all over them and and playing good defense and a defensive touchdown, Darius Slay scoring in Detroit, like all this fun stuff. It was just like, you know, we've talked about so much, Elliot, how like the last couple years have been like really tough to watch. And obviously last year, clearly the, the pinnacle of that. And and this season so far, it's been a lot of that too. And And it's just, you know, it's fun to have a day that was fun. Yeah. And look, I, I've been waiting to tell you this because I couldn't decide like when oh, in the pod. Love it. But di- did you see what just happened in the Colts game? No, no, no. So I had uh, uh, inside baseball. We're both recording. You know, I'm recording from home right now, and and Zoe's awake, and she, you know, I let her and Emily have the TV. So I'm I'm in Zoe's Such room a recording. Gentleman. So I have no TV. What's going on? What happened? So you saw the Carson Wentz interception. Yes, that, unbelievable, six, right? unbelievable. Right. So they go down the field and they tie it. Whatever. Right. Carson Wentz, another interception in overtime, and the Colts lost. No way. Yep. He threw a, he, on third and six, he threw in the triple coverage. They picked it off and ran it back to like the 30 or something. Oh, and that they, is they amazing. Yeah. Yet again. That was so, so a, a great day from the draft pick perspective, other than the Eagles winning for their own pick. Like, you know, Colts losing big for the draft pick, and obviously the Dolphins, which that game was way too close for way too long. Yeah, but, you know, and because you just brought it up, so I think that's why I thought it was now a good time to do it. Like, the Eagles currently own the number two, number nine, and number 10 pick in the draft. Like, even after this win, they own two, nine, and 10. So, like, the draft capital is fine. And I understand, yes, you want to pick as high as possible, like, you know, all those things. But, like, 
What ultimately matters more, and I've stood by this even in the moments where I've admitted they're a bad team, like the thing that matters more is still developing Hurts and Sirianni. And I think today was a huge day for Sirianni. And let me say one more thing about him before we get into Gannon, because I know we've like completely sidetracked from your Gannon question. But um, the other thing that I think was a, a positive for Sirianni is they are not committing as many bad penalties as they used to. Like he has definitely cleaned that up. And that's a, a positive in, in a lot of ways, but two main ways. One, he he's shown he can fix a problem, right? Like obvious problem, he fixed it. Like clear example right there. And again, they only had, I think, two penalties today. Uh, and the Lions looked like the, by far the sloppier team, like by far. But it's also, I think, a sign that the players are responding to him, right? Because ultimately, and we've debated this and talked about it, but like penalties fall on the players quite a bit too because they're the ones out there doing it. Like it falls on Sirianni, but the pe- players are the ones actually doing it. Well, Sirianni has coached the players up like, and the players are, are doing a better job, but like they're responding to Sirianni. So the two things that were probably the biggest like, areas of weakness for Sirianni or things that people are most frustrated with him in the running the ball and the penalties both those things have improved considerably uh, over the last few weeks yeah and again like it's it's about sustained improvement and and for sure certainly with running the ball it's this week is you know yes they did it for the the Sanders portion of the game and I know it got out of hand but um you know you want to see that continue but the penalties particularly you're right have been much better the last few weeks so yeah, again, credit where due, and and uh, you know certainly again today, th- as we've pointed out many times, the the zero and eight Lions are zero and eight for a reason. They're a really really bad football yes. team, so, as I said, and yeah. and I'm sure they've had some better days, like against the Rams when they're really going for it, or against the Ravens where they must have you know just uh, maybe the Ravens were sluggish. I don't know. I didn't see the full game, but you know today the Lions were just a awful awful team. So it's again we need to see more of it. But I agree in the moment as we watch it, you do have to give credit for it. It's about sustaining that success but I agree a good day for both those guys in the the eye of the storm you know we talked a lot going into this game about how this was like a real pivot point game for for these guys these coaches these players where you know losing to the own seven lions the season falls away and and we're talking about one and done and and we still could be talking one and done and all that but today certainly especially the way they did it goes a long way towards kind of slowing that stuff down and all that um, let's get to some, some players specifically. Well, uh, Gannon, do you want to talk? Uh, Cause I feel like we skipped that over. Yeah. I thought like, I mean, I thought you kind of did the, the similar with the kid analogy, but go ahead. Well, yeah, uh, that's what's kind of what I was going to say. I mean, like, again, the lion's offense is bad, but the defense outscored the lion's offense, right? I mean, they had to touch down and the lions had a touch on where they missed the field goal. So technically the Eagles defense was seven points. The lion's def- offense was six points. Like, they they dominated. And I think why what it was important to see from Gannon was when he needs to and like when he should, right? Again, no round of applause for, for doing something he should have been doing along. But when he needs to, like he can design and call a different type of off of, of defensive scheme and he can do different things. And the Lions are bad, like don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like guys were wide open and they were dropping passes or like Goff was missing open guys. Like there was nothing there really to be had. Like they had a few moments where they made nice plays. But what really happened was there was nobody open and the defensive line dominated. And, you know, they, he had some well-timed blitzes. So I think, again, like Sirianni, right, like he, he's, he should have been doing this earlier. But today was a sign of improvement regardless of who they're playing that – when when they need to, they can dominate. And to kind of go back to what I said about the playoff team versus non-playoff teams, like, you know, when they've played bad offenses, they, they have dominated them. And again, they're bad. They're, they're supposed to dominate them. But if you put Carr in like that elite level category, which 
He might not be, but he's certainly closer to it than the other quarterbacks they face. But like Falcons, they dominated. Garoppolo, I think they played very well in that game. Sam Darnold, they pretty much won the game for him. And then today they, they had a really good game too. So, you know, four games out of the eight, they've been really good. And the games where they've struggled, it's been when they faced, you know, three of the top five quarterbacks in the league and then wherever you want to pl- place Carr. So, yeah, I thought it was definitely a positive for the defense. Yeah, look, I think it's one of those things where, again, we need to see more. We need to see them grow. What you hope is that the – the and it, and it's because of how glaring and how big the mistakes, the excuses, the this, that, whatever there was and had gotten that, that kind of makes it you know balloon to a certain level. But you want to see this improvement sustain itself and, and you know you hope that, that those mistakes that we saw while glaring and seemingly and sometimes like incompetence or whatever were these young guys in these positions for the first time learning and, and making mistakes and learning. So we'll see. I, I think that it's a big we'll see, but agree, today, a good day. Hurts, uh, uh, you know, I thought in a game where obviously they didn't ask him to do too much, it kind of showed, you know, it kind of was just such a symbol of, of how much they've asked him to do so far this season. And, you know, when given the opportunity to kind of not have it all on his shoulders, you know, made some nice throws to open guys, didn't really miss a lot of, you know, easy throws and, you know, had some some spectacular runs, just like a yep. couple of those were the best we've seen him this season with that stuff. Um, you know, again, it's hard to really say, you know, it wasn't like he popped off the stat sheet, obviously, because they, they didn't need him to. Um, but I thought considering the, the circumstances, a nice day from Jalen. Yeah, so I, I have definitely a negative thing with Jalen I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll start with the positives. Um, so earlier this week, uh, John Marks and Ike Reese during their show, we're talking about Jalen Hurts, and people kept, Marks kept asking people, like, what does Hurts do well? And the Hurts defenders, like, really couldn't answer, right? And I think, like, what Hurts does well was very much on display today. Like, I think Hurts' best quality as a quarterback is he does not make crucial mistakes. Like, we just talked about Carson throwing those two interceptions. You will never see Jalen Hurts do that, right? Like, Hurts had a bad game against Dallas, but that game was was never close. Like, they were just out of that from the beginning. And today, like, he didn't throw the ball a lot, but he never made a mistake where you're like, okay, the Lions have some life. And now through whatever how many games he's played, I can't think of many moments where he's made those, those types of bad mistakes, where it's like the Carson, you know, it pick six from the two-yard line, the Carson interception in overtime against the Titans. Like, Jalen doesn't do those things. And I think that's a very underrated skill. It doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but is probably his best quality. So yeah. I, I, th- I thought that was very much on display today. I think it's a great point. I think it's a really uh, great point. Um, the other strength of his today, obviously, was what he does with his legs, right? Like, he needs to develop as a passer, and we'll get into that in a second. But the reason there's just an intriguing element to him is because what he can do with his legs. Like, he had the, obviously, obviously the one, I think it was on second and nine, like the 12-yarder where he, like, made a bunch of people miss. But then he had the other one, I think it was on third down, where it was, like, 20 yards, like, right up the middle, kind of. Like, th- those plays make him like a special quarterback. And Nick Nick talks about that a lot where he's like, you know, we don't want to take that out of his game. And the good news is, unlike Carson, like Jalen doesn't make a lot of really bad mistakes where he's like trying to extend the play, right? Like he might leave the pocket a little early sometimes, but he never holds onto the ball way too long and like tosses it up. Like when he moves with his legs, he generally makes smart, smart decisions. He doesn't get hurt. He's very good. Uh, you know, obviously extending the play and getting first downs. He had those two bad plays against the Raiders. 
kind of mental mistakes where he ran out of bounds prematurely. But regardless, I think what he does with his legs is a clear benefit. I mean, he was our leading rusher today, which is kind of crazy when you consider that how is good crazy. They were on the yeah, or he a, was. I'll double check. I know he was late in the but fourth. But either way, I, I mean, I know he ended him. up with seventy-one yards. He had a, a nice day from that perspective. So, and yeah. again, like some of those, like just. Really yeah, he was spe- leading rusher. Special yeah. runs. You know, some of those, the, the third and 12 one sticks out to me. It's just like, that was a, yep. a really special run in, in that spot. So, yeah, I'm with you. And what's your negative on Hurts? I mean, look, I, again, I'm not saying he was perfect as a passer and, and the deep stuff still hasn't been um, great. But I thought, you know, for the most part, you know, didn't, to your point, get it, play outside of himself. But, but what's the mm-hmm. criticism? I just still don't have confidence that when this team needs to throw the ball, they'll be able to throw it. Yeah, and, that's fair. you know, like, I don't know if that falls completely on Hurts. Like, Devontae Smith had a drop today. Like, you know, we saw that Sirianni, when he, like, running the ball today was a great game plan. But, like, can he consistently scheme guys open in the passing game? But, like, I just leave that game feeling really good about Sirianni and that kind of correctly or not, like relays into me being like, okay, yeah, like Sirianni can scheme guys open in the passing game. Like that could be wrong, but that's just how I'm feeling after watching that clinic Sirianni put on. I just don't feel confident. They're like next week against the Chargers, right? They're presumably, now the Chargers are bad against the run, but presumably they're going to have to throw the ball in big spots there. Like they're going to have to win a shootout, right? And there's going to be moments where like Hertz is going to have to complete like four or five passes in a row to get them down the field, presumably, right? I guess there, there might not be, but at some point he's going to have to. And I just still don't have the faith he can do that yet. Like, there was a play today on third and three where he rolls out. It looks like he left the pocket a little early. Uh, I think it was Devontae Smith was open underneath. He tries to get it to Goddard. Goddard's wide open. The pass gets deflected, and it falls incomplete. Like, there's just still something about, like, his inability to string passes together in the passing game that's concerning for me. Now, today he didn't need to. He wasn't asked to do it. But that that would be my my criticism of him from today. It's just he never really like uh, never strong. But there's a lot of games that I leave saying like, man, I I just don't don't completely see it. Like he's so close to being everything you want in a quarterback, but I need to see him more in the passing game from. Yeah, him. I agree. We don't see him be like a rhythm passer and really get in a role and kind of just you know kind of darts all over the field and. And I agree it's at a certain point that that's going to have to happen. But, you know, today not asked to do it. So um, I do think, look, we saw it today whenever the ball went his way. More Dallas Goddard is is a cure for a lot of things. I think, you know, mm-hmm. keep, keep throwing that guy the ball. And look, to your point, I mean, it, you know, had the one drop. But in general, you know, you need more from Devontae Smith. You know, you do. You need him yeah. to, to give you more. He was, you know, this one of the focal points of this offense. He's your number one wide receiver and, and is really, you know, not produced as much as, as we all thought he was going to and expected him to. If, um, the running backs. You, uh, real, go ahead. What were you say? Well, I was going to say, if you could do it again, would you take Justin Fields over Devonta? Um, Knowing what we know now. Yeah. Like having seen her, seeing Devonta, seeing what the quarterback landscape looks like, like all those things. Uh, I feel like I'm, and I've said Devonta the whole time, I'm like 50-50 now. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I mean, Justin yeah. Fields made a couple plays today that were just like, Ooh, buddy, but, but also, also talking about bad. not a consistent passer. Yeah. So, yeah, agree. Um, so I don't know. I, just I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those ones we're going to talk about a lot for years and Micah Parsons will get thrown in there and all that stuff. Um, all right. Um, uh, the running backs for, first and foremost, quickly, like 
why is it taking this long for Jordan Howard to be involved in this offense, an offense that has struggled at yeah. short yardage stuff and, and all that? I mean, what are we doing? He well, especially great. when he had such a huge role in training camp. Exactly. Like, he was very was involved clear. in training camp. And like, everyone who saw him was like, this guy's in shape. He looks great. He looks fast. Like, like he's kind of exactly what they've needed. Obviously, they haven't run the ball at all these games and stuff. But it was interesting. What did you make the fact? And obviously, I thought both Scott and and Howard looked great today. And and I think obviously a lot of that comes from the opponent and the O line playing great. By the way, a, a nice day for the Dickerson guys. Just saying. Yes, my man yes. was moving some people out there. Um, but but what do you make of the fact that you know like Kenny Gainwell was like the number two back, and now and I know he's you know it's a situational thing and all that. But like today we come in and it's the Boston Scott and Jordan Howard show, and they both look great. Yeah, so a couple things. One, I, like, I don't think it's a huge deal that Kenny Gainwell didn't touch the ball a lot. Like, I do think it's funny that he's been the backup running back all year, and now Miles is out, and now he's the number three running back. Like, make that make sense, right? But I, I don't think he's a very good runner yet between the tackles. Like, I think he's a very good route runner. Uh, he's shown he can be a good pass blocker. I just think on the ground, he's not as good as Boston Scott and Jordan Howard is yet in terms of reading the reads and just being that back. So, and you know, for what it's worth, like he did have a fumble last week too, right? So I think as a runner, he still has some areas to improve. Now, what I would say to what, you know, your point, like why is Boston Scott and Jordan Howard not touch the ball? Like they both look awesome. And today was not a good day for Miles Sanders. Like if you're, if you're Miles, first of all, you're frustrated because you're hurt and now he's finally running the ball. So that (laughs) that's frustrating. But also like, I mean, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard look better you know, I don't want to say then Miles has all year, but like they clearly just get the ball, go to where the hole is. And, you know, if it's not there, they, they like just go where the play is supposed to be. Right. I mean, Miles, it seems like doesn't read it as well as they do. So I, I thought that in that regard, it wasn't a good day for Miles. But Jordan Howard, like the Eagles better hope nobody signs him off the practice squad because that's I'm pretty sure it's where he goes back to now. Like they should just put him on the active roster like. Cut somebody, like cut the third quarterback. Like, who cares, right? Like, cut that Tay Gowan guy you just traded for. But, like, you can't lose Jordan Howard. Like, you need him on this offense and you can't risk him being on the practice squad. Yeah, he should be getting touches every single week. Like, yes. enough. Like, and again, we've seen this happen. And this is where you look at Howie because we know, you know, how involved Howie is with the 53 and all that type of stuff. And, you know, we've seen this, you know, years in a row now where it's like, you know, why isn't that person on the roster? Why are you waiting so long to bring that person up? Like, you know, why did all the, the issues with the it's IR stuff, yeah. the Alshon stuff, all that. So it's just been a, a something to keep an eye on because that seems to happen, you know, year after year. And, and to your point, I'm so with you. I mean, Jordan Howard should not just be on the roster, but he should be getting the ball. And especially, you know, in that... And again, it was great to see today, but you go through seven games where you know you're not running the ball, not running the ball, and you have these guys who... Are, are are making plays and you're not making plays like it just it is you know it is a little strange but you know nice seeing you hope that moving forward that changes obviously and certainly with Howard on the active roster especially because Howard even when Sanders comes back like does give you a different dimension you know again to the point this team has not been great at short yardage stuff I don't think anyone feels super confident when it's like third and a long one you know bring Jordan Howard in there. I mean, that dude looked like he could not get stopped for less than a couple yards every single time, no matter what. So yeah. And again, um, like this, I and think Detroit's bad, say, obviously, Lions, right. But yes, but still, I think Jordan Howard looks athletic and, and fast and strong right now. And, and, you know, I think that's worth having on this roster right now. Um, all right. A, a few more quick hitters at, yeah. Uh, we kind of hit everything on the offense. Josh sweat, 
big day defensively. I thought yes. Darius Slay and Avante Maddox both had good days. You know, what were your takeaways uh, from player performance uh, on the defensive side? Uh, you know, obviously sweat stood out. A- anything else that really stood out to you? Well, Eric Wilson being inactive. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Good point going back. Yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. noteworthy. Um, and I don't expect that to change after this. Now, I will say, like, one of his strengths is, or one of his weaknesses, a better way to phrase it, is tackling. And in this game, like, that was going to be key because DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, like, if your whole thing was going to be, you know, they're going to make short passes or short catches and you need to bring them down. So it made sense that he was inactive. But he might not dress again. Like, TJ Edwards, I think, had a good game. I think he's a very underrated linebacker. I think he's probably their best linebacker. Like, Alex Singleton, we've talked about, is kind of just a guy. I think TJ Edwards has a little bit more to him at times. I think he's a better athlete. Like, I... I, he's I just flashed like more this year than any of the others. Like obviously the pump block is is the one that sticks out, but just even as a linebacker, I feel like you know it's been so much of guys not making plays this year. When I when I search my memory of like linebackers making plays, it's usually TJ Edward. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I I think he's our best linebacker again. He had a good game today. Uh, I mean, obviously defensive line, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett had a sack. Uh, I believe uh, Teron Jackson had a sack. Uh, Milton Williams. I may be mispronouncing his name. Milton Milton Williams, Williams, yes, Milton Williams had uh, a sack. And Ridgeway had one late. I mean, the D-line was great. And I know it's Jared Goff, and man, is he just a sitting duck back there. But um, He's very bad. The D-line was great. You know, they they owned – I think, you know, this was a – you know, we've had a lot of injuries on those sides of the ball, but – but against Detroit, we saw, you know, that formula of the O-line and the D-line dominating. That was kind of what they, you know, hoped for coming in. Yeah. Um, i trying to think anybody else stood out. I'm probably missing somebody obvious. But, like, no, I mean, I thought the, you know, the safeties didn't stand out, which is a good thing, right, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, just, just a dominating Cox defense. made a tack on a screen pass. That was he exciting. He played a screen yes. pass, yeah. Everyone had a lot of fun with that on Twitter. Who I saw that. wouldn't? Yep. Most, yeah. most, you know those jokes where you just know it's coming. You know it's coming. Exactly. You know it's coming. Um, yeah, just a dominant Jake Elliott continues to be good. How about it, Jake? Yes, yes. Uh, 44 to 6. Good score, right? Good score. Um, good score. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Nothing else really on the defense. I'm trying to think of anything on the... Oh, Jalen Rager. We, we should probably oh, yeah, talk well, about him. Yeah, I mean, and Driscoll left, injury but. too, but the Rager... Look, uh, who knew that they found his calling as as a you as know a running a back gadget running back? It's terrific. Look, yeah, like you know. Debo Samuel, and like just more class. And look, it was a nice athletic play, and I don't you know kind of went down. But is there anything more classic than Rager falling down? You know, on a, on, I know, like the play was there to be made. Oh, he was and like the turf the seems zone. like it wasn't great, but no one yeah. else slipped on the turf. And like, then you know, it's like we always talk about Justin Jefferson, but then you look at Michael Pittman, you know, being awesome. Yeah. He was picked like you know fifteen picks after him, all that. It's just. Anyway, but uh, I mean, look, credit to Sirianni for getting, you know, yeah, get it. No, in agree, a position. agree. Yeah. And those worked, you know, they all worked. All three of those Rager sweep plays worked. So, you know, credit. Yes. Uh, get Quez Watkins more involved and, and maybe with the Rager injury, that'll help more, but can, more Quez like and, and you know, maybe yeah, I wonder why Quez they don't too, use Quez strange. on those. Like I get Rager's bigger, but yeah. Quez seems more elusive. He's faster. Yep. Um, yep. So maybe that's why uh, the trick play that they ran was, it was like fun. It was fine. You it know? was also like the shakiest trick play I've ever seen. Like Kenny Gainwell's pass to Hertz was terrible. Yeah. Um, Hertz one-handed catches it. That's terrifying if you're a coach. And then throws and then he, into a tight window. Yeah. And Goddard barely catches it. So like it was completed and it's one of those like, oh, look, the trick play worked. But my advice would be to never run that play again. Yeah, I am with you. It was not not a, uh, a high-level trick play, but hey, it, it worked and I'll take it. And 
Um, you know, at least they're they're trying something. Um, I have another take for you, ready? Okay, yeah, I have a couple more just random thoughts, but uh, you go first. Well, mine isn't about the game, so if yours is about okay, the game. Okay, all right. I have two. I have two more. Uh, one. Well, also, real quick, uh, talk about jokes that everyone sees coming. I would like to congratulate you on your prediction that Minshew would play this week. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, for a while, I thought to. they weren't letting him throw the ball just because they were afraid. Like, you know, <laughs> what if he led them down the field for a touchdown or something? Like, nope, just uh, hand it off. Man. Not doing a quarterback controversy. This is too good of a day for that. Uh, all right, I have two more thoughts, and then I'll see it to you for yours. Uh, uh, it was very strange to hear another fan base loudly vo- booing their team and it not mm. being the Eagles. It was definitely like a trigger type thing. I was like, oh, oh wait, no, the, the Lions <laughs> fans are booing them. Oh, my God. So that was fun. And then my other thought, and this isn't about the game, but about the broadcast, like Jonathan Vilma is awful. Like he is so bad like Kenny Albert's whatever he's fine he's you know Kenny Albert he's not amazing but but man Vilma was bad and he kept bringing up the Eagles were 0-7 when Kenny Albert called games and he brought it up like it was like 31 to nothing and he's like yeah he's 0-7 this could still happen and it was like dude enough I'll give him credit for one thing and one thing only he did quote Michael Scott doing the uh I'm not superstitious just a little stitious so a bit of a you know okay yeah that was look he was I bad. just don't really like. I know you don't care. I know. This yeah, is the announcers thing. just don't really get this to me. This is for like, all the people listening who do care. I know. I'm sure so, a lot of people agree. He was horrible. He was okay. horrible. Anyway. Right. Anyway. I so, think that's all. I, oh, 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 oh. One last thing. One last thing. Because we won't do a show before it. I'm sure we'll react if something happens. But the trade deadline coming up. So before we get to your non- about this is what my takes about. So boom. All right. Perfect. Awesome. How about look at that? We didn't even we look plan this. this or anything. Look at just, this. The best. Not even in the same room. Yes, exactly. All right, the floor is yours. Finish this up, buddy. Eagles should be buyers. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Like, go get Devontae Parker. I didn't even see this coming. I thought you were going to say Eagles shouldn't be sellers or something. I did not actually think you would say buy. Well, the Uh, whole, like, selling and buying term is so silly because what it really means is, like, you know, like, they should just make good trades. Like, is what they should really do. Like, yes. if they get an offer for a player that's an overpay, then yes, they should they should make that trade. But, but I also think that, again, like, this season is about developing Sirianni and Hurts. The best path forward for this franchise is if Sirianni and Hurts work out, right? And they might not. Like, I said it. Like, they're a bad team. Like, right? Sirianni, they looked like a poorly coached team. All those things remain true. But... It's not a good thing for the Eagles if this season ends and they have to find a quarterback, a head coach, and a GM. Like, it's just not a good thing, right? So if I'm them, if you can add a player that, like, go get a veteran receiver. Like, Rager might be hurt. Quez is good, but, you know, is is not really involved. Devontae's been a bit of a disappointment, if we're being honest. Like, go get Devontae Parker. Go trade a fourth-round pick for Devontae. He's 28. He's a proven veteran guy. He'll help Hurts in the passing game. Like, you know, go go do things to make this team better and to give Sirianni or Hurts a chance to develop. You already have the number two pick from the Dolphins. Like, you have a ton of draft picks. Go out and add talent to the roster. Yeah, obviously, I think anyone listening knows that I'm going to strongly I know, disagree. I know. With that. What I will say is, look, if they can get someone younger who is on a uh, you know two or three year deal or something where he could be a piece of the future, I'm fine with that type of That's trade. That's going to cost. They can make, I get it. But if it's yeah. someone, a good football player who you think you can keep here, whatever, yeah. like that kind of thing, I can understand. Not Gennard Avery for a fourth round pick, please. Um, 
but but I can't like I just don't believe in this team enough to to say they should add this. And I get your point, but like I don't need to juice the 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 stats. Like let me see what Tyrone could do with less. Like let me see him you know compete with less. I, I don't I don't think you're you're finding out that much more from a development perspective. Maybe about hurts a little bit, but I just don't think it does enough for their chances a to obviously make the playoffs or b for you know developmental purposes. What I do you get think of Devontae? it. I just. I like Devontae Parker. I've always liked Devontae Parker, but he's injured a lot, and, you know, I don't what know. would you trade for him? Nothing. I wouldn't trade for anyone like that. Like, he's not— Okay, he, so if the Dalt, you wouldn't give a, a fifth for Devontae Parker? No, I maybe a oh, seventh. I would trade oh, a seventh. Oh, my God. I maybe Get out a seventh. of here, seven. I'm serious. I'm serious. Devontae Parker's not that great, dude. He's been hurt a lot. Like, he's pretty good. He has, like—I've was. I've already started to write the article, so newsflash. I'm writing it for tomorrow. But oh, like, buddy. I'm just saying, over the last three years, he has like over 2,200 yards. I don't know what he did today, but it seemed like he had a good game today based off of tweets I saw. Like, I agree, he's been hurting up and down, but like he had 1,200 yards three years ago. I think he had like seven or 800 last season. He's having a decent year this year. He's had bad quarterback play. He's 28. Like, you know, again, I understand if you don't want to give up like a third for him, but like a seventh or a sixth or a fifth. Like that's a no brainer to me. I mean, he started 11 games last year, 14 the year before that, seven, 12, eight, four, you know, like, and has played yeah, in, no, in a few more than that. But right. I'm so, just saying, I don't know. Seven. I, 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 know you're I, a point, I get your point, but no, I, I just don't want Devontae Parker. I don't need to, unless like, I don't know what his, I got to look at his contract, but like, I, I just don't think I want Devontae Parker. Like he's fine, but I don't, I'm not adding to this team to like go for it this year in any way, shape or form. Like, but I don't think all. Parker's going for it this year. Like he, Parker could be on your, on your team moving forward. He's fine. Like I, I don't dislike Devontae Parker. I just don't like love him. I'm not giving up a ton for him. So I don't know. Another interesting trade, if we want to talk hypotheticals real quick. My friend texted me this, and I wouldn't do it, but I thought it was like a little interesting. Would you trade Miles Sanders for Odell Beckham Jr.? Uh, I just think Odell's cooked. I, uh, yeah. I, w- I would trade Miles because I don't think Miles is a part of the future, so I would definitely trade him if I could get something for him, but I, I don't want Odell. I don't need Odell. He's I don't done. think you can trade him when he's on IR anyway. But. Either way, you can't, but either way, right. you know, down the road. Oh, yeah, yeah we would, duh, the trade deadline. Anyway. There you go. So it's just an interesting hypothetical. It is. And then I'm looking forward to the article. So there you go. You can make your well, case. Well, the article is going to be titled, Eagles Should Trade for Devontae Parker. Well, there so. you go. So now I know what it's all about. Way to ruin it yeah. for me, buddy. Yeah. You just lost yourself. You lost yourself a click, pal. You lost yourself a click, I would Elliot. hope you would still click. No, I'm kidding. Come on. I'm kidding. All right. You got anything else? Um, No. I mean... You know, like, look, I've been wrong about a lot, but I do feel vindicated in my Dan Campbell Lions take. Like, so that did feel good. But it was funny, like, leading up to the game, it was the same feeling I had before week one where I was like, I can't even enjoy this because, like, I'm just I'm just so nervous about how they might play that, you know, like, it, I don't know. So the fact they won was impressive. Again, we'll see what happens with the Chargers next week. But if they're going to beat bad teams, like then the season is not over. People don't hmm. want to hear that. But if they are going to beat bad teams, then the season is not over because they play a lot of bad teams. No, yeah, it's a fair point. I'm I'm not there with you, but but I get the point, and you're not wrong saying that. I mean that statement that is a factual statement. If they beat bad teams, there the season is not over, like flat out, because they got four games against Washington, the Giants left alone. They got the Jets, who you know beat the Bengals today somehow. Like way yeah, to go, get out here Mike White yeah. and the Jets. But regardless, you know, they got the Broncos. They got some some bad teams left on the schedule. You're right about that. So, um, and again, look, to the point where even though, you know, 
I'm conflicted as an Eagles fan from a, a philosophical standpoint, but it was a fun day watching my team beat the crap out of another team and, you know, enjoy the ride too. So Yeah, well, know. that's the last thing I'll say actually is like the reason I love like the NFL and covering the Eagles is what you can say, what you say Sunday morning at 10 a.m. could be true and what you say Sunday at 5, 11 p.m. can be true. You know, like, and they can and be they completely, can be completely different things. Yeah, like, exactly. it just, that's how much these games matter when there's only 17 of them. Like, things really change quickly. They just do. So, you know, I, just in, everyone enjoy it. Overreact if you want to. Don't overreact. But, like, there's no doubt that this game could have potentially changed things. Like that was a dominating win. Like maybe it gives them confidence and in going into the Chargers game. Like who knows, right? Maybe they found who the knows? formula. I, I agree. Know, but... Who knows? I agree. Yeah. I, I don't expect it, but you are absolutely right. The the league is weird. Any given Sunday is a real thing. Again, the Jets just beat the freaking Bengals today. Like, you know, uh, also it's... a funny statement that you're like. Wow, the Jet beat the Bengals. Who would have thought? Like well, the Bengals it, have been that team. You know, like, uh, it's hilarious. You're absolutely yeah. right, and it's another great point of what you're saying. So we'll see. Again, enjoy it for now. No reason not to. And uh, and you know, if nothing else, for 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 one week at least, flower power. Has flower re- power has has yep. reigned supreme. All right, uh, we'll obviously be back later in the week with uh, you know, preview pod, Parks Pick Pod, all that good stuff. And and look, if nothing else, I mean, interesting. Going into Sunday, like this Chargers game, all of a sudden is is pretty damn interesting. So, so um, man, if they beat the Chargers, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then you know, yeah. not expecting it, but like you know, it's interesting. So, um, we'll obviously get into it this week, and uh, you know, again, forty four to six. That's that's pretty cool. That's a fun one. Yeah, all right. It was a fun game to watch. He's Elliot James. We'll talk to you guys soon.